0: Welcome to Center Saint Sister. I'm Allison Sullivan, and this is a podcast about sometimes saving the world and sometimes just surviving in it. In the next hour or so, we will nurture our friendships, explore our joy, shake our fists, all while trying to serve our God, and most likely, all while wearing pajamas. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Center Saint Sister. I called the summer my third was born Geddon. Having three kids right in a row was not for the faint of heart. Before my third came, I felt like I had just been dabbling in parenthood. Mind you, nothing about having one kid or two kids ever felt easy. Ever. But three? Three? This felt like Olympian level. This was no joke. Just getting them into the car felt like an athletic event. An athletic event that I was terrible at. I would get everyone fed, dressed, with snacks in their hands and into the car for an 8.20 a.m. doctor's appointment and feel like a total Olympian. I would celebrate the rest of my day with tequila shots and balloons. Fine, no balloons, but I deserved balloons. Do you want to know why? Because I live in Texas and it's hot. The chaos would vary from day to day, but one particular morning it looks like this. We headed out to the car. I noticed two giant wet spots on my shirt, and I scolded myself for forgetting nursing pads again. I changed shirts, and while I changed shirts, one of the kids let the dog out, and the dog saw a squirrel and took off, and I tried to care, but I couldn't. Hopefully she would come back. We had been good to her. I put Amelia's shoes on for the third time, and I started the car so I could put Blaze in, and then Blaze started to cry because he'd really rather be moving if he was going to be in his car seat. And I went back inside to get the big kids, and Amelia had taken her shoes off again. So I put Amelia's shoes on again. And while I got the big kids out to the car, the dog came back, that was good. I went to lock up the dog, and when I came back, Amelia had gone inside the house, and she had gone inside the house and taken her shoes off. So I put her shoes on, and I went back to the van, and as I walked to the van, she screamed and cried and fell to the ground that I was not waiting for her. So I wait for her. And while catching up with me she tried to juggle the toys that she hoarded daily an old phone a pink plastic pig her baby a puzzle piece and a golf ball which made waiting for her extra extra go to my zen place challenging but at least her shoes were on when we got to the car silas was talking a mile a minute already insisting on being the one to be buckled in first and begging could we please watch sleeping beauty instead of veggie tales on the dvd player and wanting to know if guards wore capes or just helmets and shields because he thinks they should really have capes too and swearing that he doesn't like fruit snacks anymore. The snack, sitting in his lap. And Blaze? Oh, he was still crying, but not louder than me, because as I put the car in gear, I noticed that my skirt, one of the only articles of clothing that still fit me, showed my legs that I just realized I had only shaved one of. Awesome. But in addition to all of that, it was 102 freaking degrees outside. Yes, at 8 a.m., 102. And I was pretty sure that index thing, like, tripled it or something. I used to celebrate graduations, weddings, promotions, birthdays, the like. Now, it was just getting some kids in a car. And church was a different Olympic event altogether. The first month Blaze was here, still summergeddon, he slept through church, so things were manageable. But once we entered zone defense in the pews of our solemn mass, oh my, it was catastrophic. I mean, even with Chuck E. Cheese bribes, my kids could not get it together. I think the big kids smelled our fear. Instead of just the smell of a church, you know, the old book, new carpet, old lady perfume smell of a church. And they pounced. It was disastrous. I mean, people around us smiled because they weren't us. You know, the old people, they smiled smiles of nostalgia. And the young parents smiled smiles of admiration. And the college kids we went to church with, they smiled smiles of amusement while our kids acted like utter fools. All of these smiles were mixed in with a little sympathy and a lot of bless your heart. One week in particular, we were leaving, and we broke the news to the kids that we would not be going to Chuck E. Cheese, and I realized something very, very sad. I realized that I really wanted to go to Chuck E. Cheese. I really like skee-ball and cheese pizza, and that little production they put on, it might be the closest I got to live entertainment for a while. I mean, this could have been a nice night out on the town, but no, Silas had to laugh hysterically at the woman singing the responsorial psalm. And Amelia had to get stuck under the pew in front of us and ruin it all for me. Summergarden was the closest I had ever gotten to needing medical attention for depression. I got the baby blues. And not just for a day or two, but for a couple of months. My symptoms were this. Not talking to anyone. And there were no exceptions. Jesus could have called. And lots and lots of crying. Crying. Crying because we ran out of milk. I really wanted cereal and so did the kids and I considered using breast milk for our cereal and I cried wondering what kind of person I was. Crying because Seth would never get the chance to carry and deliver or feed a baby with his body which was such an injustice. I asked him if he was jealous or sad about that and he easily answered no. I cried wondering what kind of person he was. Crying because the dog wouldn't use the bathroom outside. I had to walk her on a leash in our yard because if not, she would chase and catch an armadillo and I couldn't deal with that. And I was walking in circles with this dog and it had been 10 minutes already, but the dog was unconcerned, still walking in circles, sniffing, and occasionally squatting to pee a bit, but then deciding right before it came out that she didn't like that spot either. And it took everything I had to not kick her in the ribs. I cried wondering what kind of person I was. Crying because somehow it came up in conversation that farmers separate mama cows from their baby cows and they moan all night for each other. Not only because they miss each other, they do, but also because when farmers wean the babies, they still really want to nurse and the mamas are in pain because the farmers won't let them. I cried wondering what kind of people they were. Crying because as Silas works on a puzzle and turns the piece every which way except the right way, I have to put my hand over my mouth to not scream at the top of my lungs, oh my gosh, give that to me. Just give it to me. The flat edge, it goes on the outside. How many times do we have to go over this? I cried, wondering what kind of person I was. Crying because there is no configuration possible to take three kids into the grocery store if one of them's in a car seat. The carts that have two seats up front for the kids to sit in, they don't have room for the car seat and the buggy. So I had to figure this out in a parking lot in 102 degree heat while Mr. H-E-B sat in his air conditioning. I cried, wondering what kind of person he was. And then there was the crying for no reason at all while sitting on the toilet, crying. I was just about to make an appointment with my doctor to get help when my friend called telling me her marriage was ending and I snapped out of it to help her pick up her pieces. One day, soon after that, I realized I was better. The cow thing could still make me cry though. Motherhood, it is here in motherhood that I have been the very best example of a servant. As a mom, I'm going to be honest that I never really envisioned myself at home in yoga pants all day. Let's be honest, it's pajamas. Dispensing diapers and goldfish and wiping up yogurt and saying for the thousandth time that the flat edge, it does. It goes on the outside. Honestly, I thought I would be in Africa doing something very noble in a pair of khaki shorts. Very Angelina Jolie-like, actually. In my mind, I looked just like her. And it has. It's taken a bit of perspective to realize that what I am doing right now, diapers, goldfish, puzzle pieces and all, it feels like the most important thing I can be doing. It is through motherhood that I have understood servanthood at its finest. And I heard a validating quote once that said there was no way to know how many apples come from an apple seed. How many people will my children bless because I'm pouring my life into them? my service, it isn't as sexy as I envisioned, but it is service and I'm serving my family. We are all beautiful women, uniquely gifted, divinely inspired, the crown of creation and frankly his finest work. We have different triumphs and traumas, different callings and missions and what degrades you might empower another and what empowers me might degrade another because how could there possibly be one way to be something as beautifully complicated as woman There's not. But what has potential to suck the air out of the room at a dinner party? Asking a woman what she does for a living. This question can make us feel everything from shame to pride, to embarrassment, to superiority. Why do we do this? If a mom works outside the home, why does she feel judgment from a stay-at-home mom for not properly sacrificing everything for her family? If a mom has embraced homemaking full time, why does she feel judgment from her working counterpart for taking an easy way out? It's so silly to think that because a woman prioritizes her home, that she's fiercely opposed to outside work. It's also silly to assume that because a woman works outside the home, she looks down her nose at work inside the home. These are dangerous presumptions to make. These are unkind presumptions, and they create dangerous divisions in the body of Christ. Ladies, our opinions and our indignation are not some clever new invention to be used to shame others into our way of life, to make them do it our way, or even worse, to feel better about ourselves. Because isn't that what this is really about? The tenderness that we keep around our motherhood, the nagging fear that maybe we aren't doing enough, that we aren't doing this right. This child that we've been given, we've never cared about anything else so fiercely, This thing called motherhood that can make our hearts soar and crash and then soar again. Isn't this the real question? Isn't the real question, am I faithfully obeying God? How God has called me to be my most beautifully feminine self. What is my way, God? What is the way you have given me to celebrate my womanhood? It's true that our faithfulness requires a kind of death. A death to self. Yet as Christians, we know that death leads to life. We also know that death might look different from person to person, but in every case, no matter how we are called, it is an act of the gospel. So I spend time dispensing goldfish and hanging out in a baby pool and finding the perfect princess dress and explaining that lipstick goes on your lips, not your eyelids. And as chaotic as our house can be, we laugh in it more than we do anything else. And because of that, it feels like the greatest gift I have to offer. Because God is a miracle worker, I'm able to do ministry in ways that suit me outside my home. As much as I yearn for more hours on more ends to write and read my life away, my kids and the paraphernalia they leave around my house certainly keep my feet on the ground, which is exactly where they should be. And so I keep with my sisters, the other moms in my life who are so dear to me sacrificing my body and my time and my talent to grow these people who will live and sin and bless and give and seek independence and undoubtedly break my heart a million times over just to put it back together, stronger, livelier, holier than before. Raising saints, that's my full-time occupation and making God known. From the book of Hebrews, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown Him as you have helped His people and continue to help them. This is my friend, Jana. We've been friends for four years. Jana is wise and steadfast. She always seems to know just what to say. And she loves her God with a love that is service-oriented and sacrificial. Hi, Jana. Hi. <laughs> I'm so glad that you were able to make this happen. I know that we kind of did it somewhat last minute, but you know, this topic is near and dear to my heart because for a long time I was at home, we're gonna talk about being a stay at home mom and um, the importance and validating women in that season. Mm -hmm. Um, And for a long time I was in that season. I didn't know that I'd ever be in that season. Seth and I were told we wouldn't have kids Mm -hmm. and so it was, it was a really interesting transition to yearn for that, yearn for that, yearn for that, and then all of a sudden be in that, somewhat by surprise, and then it not be what I thought it would be,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then it just complicated those emotions of, I have yearned for this. I have this, and I'm struggling with it, and that makes me feel things.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: <laughs> so, sure. um, so I've spent a lot of time really getting, you know, my head around this. And um, last episode, we talked about girl bossing, and Marcy's in a really fun season of her mm-hmm. life, and so we dove into that. But I wanted to dive into to this too. And mm-hmm. you, I just feel like this was Holy Spirit led because we happened to be having lunch at the same place and you kind of took me by the elbow and you were like, I think this is important. I Mm -hmm. think that women need to know that this, there's nothing more important than investing in your children. And I think that, I don't know that you use these words, but this is what I heard you saying and please correct me, but you were like, women kind of feel like they need to apologize for that, for being Mm -hmm. at home. They feel like they need to defend that decision. Mm -hmm. And I just want to affirm people. Like I feel like people need... um, permission and empowerment in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I had been in a Bible study with you uh, maybe a year or two years before. I don't know. We've been friends for about four years now. Um, and everything out of your... You are one of those people that when you talk, it's like, hold on, don't, don't say anything else. I need to write that one down. <laughs> so the combination of knowing how wise you are and how Holy Spirit inspired your words can be. And then you revealing that passion of yours that day in Salada, I'm like, I've got a person for this podcast, and I'm not letting it go. So I hunted you down, and you agreed to be here, and I can't thank you enough.
1: Well, you're welcome. When I saw you that day in Salada, I thought, I need to go tell her this, but I don't want her thinking. I'm just trying to get on her show. Oh, no. I don't know. But um, I, I really... I just wanted you to know, keep doing what you're doing, but encourage the moms out there. Keep encouraging the moms. Yeah, yeah. That what they're doing is important.
0: Um, Tell us, if you will, about, just introduce yourself to listeners. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your mom journey.
1: Well, um, again, I'm Jonna Johnston, and I was raised in far west Texas, close to El Paso. So my mom was a stay-at-home mom with us. I have a older brother and a younger sister. And um, when I look back on my childhood, I have good memories because uh, a lot of family around, and I just, I appreciate what my mom did for us. Mm -hmm. She was always there, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, let's see, and then I came to A&M class of uh, 01. uh, Didn't date anybody until I was out of college, and I uh, was introduced to Bill, and we started dating. Anyway, I got married uh, a couple of years later, had our first kid, and um, I'm really thankful that the way the Lord He gave us wisdom and just grace, even financially, to mm. make that work. I know some people that's not an option. Absolutely, for them, but sure. we can look back and see the fingerprints of God um, making a way for me to be able to be a stay-at-home mom. Now I have three kids. Um, we're about to have some birthdays, so it'll be 13, 11, and 8. Mm-hmm. We're kind of in a different season than having all littles. But I find myself, like, if I'm in a doctor's office or something and a mom comes in with several little bitty kids, my heart just goes out to her. I want to open the door for her. I just want to run over and tell her, good job. Yes. You know, if you see a young mom in the grocery store, just yes. good job. I know what it took to get here. Yes. It was a lot. It you was know? A lot. I mean, your nerves are probably going to be strung out by the time you leave here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Good job. Keep going, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um Well,
0: and you know, like I was mentioning earlier that, you know, I, I wasn't sure that this would ever be my situation mm-hmm. when I say this, I mean being at home with a house full of kids I wasn't sure that that would ever be my situation and I think that um, I had certain expectations of that because mm-hmm. I was yearning for it for mm-hmm. so long I had romanticized this idea
2: mm-hmm. and our
0: expectations play a huge part in our happiness mm-hmm. I think and dude nobody <laughs> can derive accurate expectations of what motherhood mm-hmm. is um, what did you think as a young person that this was gonna be like and then what
1: is reality <laughs> For you yeah I've always been pretty independent and kind of I was probably a little bit more career driven although I knew I wanted to have a family um, I think I knew it wasn't gonna be perfect I just kind of thought it would be a little bit easier yeah you know I, I liked kids and stuff but, <laughs> but like it's all the time it's all the time all the time and my description of motherhood, especially the early years, is like boot camp. Yeah. It's boot camp for life. And
0: nobody can prepare you for the lack
1: of sleep. It's just I was hard. not prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Which
0: is an instrument of torture, let's be honest. Yes, it is. So okay, so, so the never ending of it all. I will never mm-hmm. forget laying in bed. And it was this was kind of newborn season. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I had a toddler, but there was a newborn mm-hmm. in the picture. And the reason I remember is because my, what I was wearing to bed was sopping wet with breast mm-hmm. milk. And I'm watching my husband get ready and he's just clean as a whistle. <laughs> <laughs> and he's putting on a suit or at least something nice. Mm-hmm. And I know that he is about to go walk into a building with, and he's gonna experience prestige mm-hmm. and people are gonna ask his opinion and people are gonna be cheerfully saying good morning and he's probably gonna have a lunch And eventually, by the end of the day, he is going to walk underneath an exit sign Mm -hmm. and be done Mm -hmm. with whatever that was. And and there was probably some postpartum things happening (laughs) in this moment, but he left and I just sobbed Mm -hmm. just the way that I knew my day was going to go. I was going to be changing diapers and dispensing goldfish. Is there a way... To acknowledge that transition, because I think that it is perfectly good and right mm-hmm. to grieve a freedom lost. I don't mm-hmm. think that that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But how do we balance that with the absolute joy that it is? Because nobody can make your heart sore like your mm-hmm. children. Yeah. So, what about that balance? What do you have to say about um, making those two things true at the same time?
1: <laughs> it's real profound. Um, hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when our oldest was born and she was probably three days old, and I was um getting a moment to to myself in the bathtub and mm-hmm. I remember leaning my head back and just starting to cry and thinking, um, I've never loved anybody so much, but I think my life is over. Mm. Um, but gosh, I love this little person, Yeah, you know? But Bill and I used to be able to go out at 10 o'clock and go get ice cream sure. and everything. And now this little person is just running our whole schedule sure. and everything. But then when the second one came along, you realize, okay, it's really hard right now. Like we're gonna find a new normal. Right. So hang in there. That's right. where my hang in there comes yeah. into. And, and you know, they say the, the days are long and the years are short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so hang in there and seek the Lord and yeah. know that I think heaven is applauding the little things. You know, mm-hmm. I told one friend, yep. Mothers are changing the world one diaper at a time. Yeah. Oh. I love that.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> going <laughs> to be in quotes to yeah, promote this. Make episode. a t-shirt. That's awesome. you know? <laughs> um, but there is the that, you're right. There is that transition of who we used to be and who we are now. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I remember like, I was in Bali with a canoe full of girlfriends, like mm. snaking down a river at midnight with a tour guide who couldn't speak English but was good at charades. Mm. You know, like yeah. there were these these very. That's fancier than Dairy Queen <laughs> uh, with your <laughs> ice cream. <and> <laughs> yeah, at 10 well, that too, yeah. but um, but you know, there were these moments of like. I am truly alive, mm-hmm. you know, where you lift your hands to a starry sky and say, thank you. Like mm-hmm. I am so, I've never felt more alive. Mm-hmm. And then you, I think for, for me, it's remembering that I've never felt truly alive holding this mm-hmm. wriggly sack of neurons that they just placed on my chest either. Mm-hmm. So there are these high yes. moments, but when, cause I'm referring to, um, a season of my life that I was living in Japan and I was mm-hmm. able to travel with girlfriends to really mm-hmm. great places. There were really lonely times in yes. that season of That's life, right. too. That's so, right. But I think that we have a tendency to collect the mm-hmm. highlights mm-hmm. and hold them in our hands, these mm-hmm. highlights. And then when we're in the middle of a new season, we're mm-hmm. only looking back mm-hmm. at the highlights of the last when really there were dips mm-hmm. there, too.
1: There's a, a song, I don't remember who wrote it, but... I've never forgotten the words. It says, I've been painting pictures of Egypt, leaving out what it lacked. The future looks so hard, and I want to go back.
0: Mm. That's gorgeous. But that that's travel. what
1: yeah. the, the Israelites did when they got out of Egypt. And no, I'm not saying singlehood or or um, not having children is Egypt. But I'm just saying, you're right. We can look back yeah. and forget all the hard things. Yeah, yeah. And there's hard things in every part of life, Yes. you know, and that's where God's grace comes and in. And isn't
0: that why the 60-year-old lady, you know, pats us on the hand mm-hmm. as we're walking through Target mm-hmm. and says, it goes so
1: fast, yes. you know, or, oh, okay. my brother and I always laugh because people will come up to you when you have little ones, oh, just enjoy yes. it. It just, it goes so fast. Yes. And you want to turn to him and go, you promise? <laughs> <sighs> Oh this right. is so hard, you know, when they're throwing a fit in the grocery store or, Yes, you know, I'm changes. already in another season another to where season. I want to f- tell the little girl and the young mom in the grocery store, I'm really sorry I'm telling you this, but l- cherish it because it really does go so fast. Right, and then right. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like I that just became the lady, old woman. Yeah. No, but it, I mean, our life does change and
0: there are seasons and I definitely had to struggle to catch up with who I was now. Mm-hmm. And it was a shock. Um, I feel like when it comes to stay at home momming, there are kind of two camps of, of women. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's working women. So, So you have you know, working women, you have working from home women, mm-hmm. you have stay at home momming of the stay at home mom circle. I feel like that circle could then be divided into women who have made a deci- who perhaps had a career, wanted a career, have made a decision to put that on hold for a mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. in order to do this thing mm-hmm. the way that they want to do it. And then perhaps we'll go back to, um, whatever it is that they mm-hmm. had planned for themselves, went to school for what have you. And then in the other half, you have women whose gifts are just really aligned mm-hmm. to um, maintaining a home well and planning a party well and decorating the thing well. I I mean, I'm I'm obviously not this woman, which is why mm-hmm. I can't even find words for it. <laughs> I love her and I'm mm-hmm. thankful for her because mm-hmm. she's the room mom that's making my kids' school day precious and going on the field trip and so I feel like there's kind of separate sets of advice mm-hmm. for
1: each camp.
0: Of those two camps, which one are you?
1: Well, um, I hate art projects. <laughs> um, no more crafts. <laughs> I'm like my definition of doing crafts with my kids is pulling out the crayons and telling them to color a picture. Yes, you know, get after it. Um, <laughs> I, I love to be involved in their school and uh, love on the kids around them and stuff. but um, that's kind of the extent of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not the one uh, my house is usually very messy. Mm-hmm. I want it to be perfect, mm-hmm. but it just isn't. Mm-hmm. We seem to be messy people and I get onto my kids and I think they got it from me because I'm maybe messier than they are. Yeah. Um, being home with them all the time didn't come easy. But I also knew there was value in it, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like there was a better option for our, um, our lives, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think everybody is given their own jigsaw puzzle. I heard Sally Clarkson say that. I think we're all given a unique puzzle, like a jigsaw puzzle, mm-hmm. you know, and we each have to figure out our own pieces and see where the pieces fit and I can't take the pieces from your life they don't fit my puzzle right and my pieces don't fit your puzzle right and sometimes I think it's like the whole puzzle of our lives there's some pieces of my puzzle that won't come till maybe 20 years down the road wow so I don't need to try to cram find those pieces and make them fit right now because they're not meant to be put in right now. It's so good. It's like that slow work of God thing Mm -hmm. where I
0: feel like he has so much patience and Mm -hmm. we really don't. We're trying to live five lifetimes like Mm -hmm. all right now.
1: Mm -hmm. And and I think it's important to note, I want to tell everyone that we don't have an unlimited capacity. Mm -hmm. We need to get honest with ourselves about that. I kind of think of like you can look on the storage uh, on your phone, and you can kind of see the available storage left. And sometimes I think we're at a place where there's not much left. Yes, the grace of God can always come in and give us strength, yeah. but to keep adding to our plate because we think we're superwoman, like stop. Right. There's not enough storage. Yeah. There's not capacity for that. Yeah. Um,
3: why Especially are we doing your
1: kids are real little? Yeah. You know, yeah. like the emotional energy it takes and the physical energy, it's just a season that where you're at kind of full capacity right. without a lot of other things. As they get older, sometimes you have a little bit more bandwidth.
0: Yeah. No, but it's I think really we good. need to
1: give ourselves some slack.
0: Mm-hmm. We don't arrange our lives around yeah. our life. We pretend
1: <laughs> like it's unlimited. Yeah. So, what's the reason for that? What's going on? Why do we do that? I think we're comparing ourselves. You know, I may look and see what you're doing and think, oh, I'm not doing that. But on the other hand, there may be things I'm doing you're not Absolutely. doing. Absolutely, right. You know, so we all feel our plate differently. Mm-hmm. The other thing is it's a strategy of Satan to discourage us yes. and to sidetrack us yes. and to steal our joy, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. steal us a, um, Steals away from enjoying our kids and enjoying our family mm-hmm. because they are a gift. Mm-hmm. And I have to remind myself that sometimes when you're frustrated or things aren't going the way you want, I think sometimes you just need to stop and look at them and go, Lord, thank you for this gift. Yeah. So this little boy or this little girl is a gift gift. they are not a burden they are a gift and it's okay to have to repeat that Mm -hmm. because our words can shape
0: our thoughts Mm -hmm. and our thoughts can shape our emotions and our emotions can shape our actions Mm -hmm. and it's okay Mm -hmm. to I think it was Beth Moore was talking about using scripture to like re wallpaper the walls of your mind to just speak truth Mm -hmm. to start to affect Mm -hmm. how we're we're living this out Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that what I think happens a lot of times is in that side-to-side comparison is that we think, oh, that comes naturally to mm-hmm. her. She didn't have to work for that. Mm-hmm. You know, if the grass is greener, water water mm-hmm. your grass. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that mm-hmm. it's the assumption that, that that came easily or that mm-hmm. comes effortlessly mm-hmm. when the truth is there's probably a discipline behind mm-hmm. what you're seeing.
1: I had a, a friend tell me one time, she'd had some kids and she'd worked... And then was trying to stay at home, and um, I'm not trying to judge her. I don't know. You know, she'll she'll figure out what God's will is for her life. Um, But she tried to stay at home, and and she said, I'm not cut out for it. It is just really hard for me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's really hard for all of us. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. I don't, there might be a few people that it's really easy for. Honestly, I don't know anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for all of us. I had nearly felt a little bit offended. Not mm-hmm. that's like the biggest sin is to offend me. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh,
0: It's hard for all of us. Yeah. But do you feel like there are some women whose gifts kind of naturally align to doing this
1: more effortlessly? I'm sure. We all need Jesus, though. There's not a single one that can do it in their own strength. So I've been doing some training to be a life coach, and um, I've recently... So good. You would be... Oh, my goodness. Well, and coaching isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. I always thought coaching was like giving great advice, and there's a place for that. But good coaching is also learning to ask good questions. Okay. To draw out what's already inside of a person. Yeah. Because as a Christian coach, we believe... um, your life isn't something that you need to go design on your own, but it's something, it's the will of God is to be discerned. Uh-huh. And so how can we come alongside another person and help them discern right. God's will? And um, we use the strengths finder uh, assessment and you can look at your top five or top 10 strengths. And instead of finding out, you know, what are your weaknesses and let's overcome your weaknesses and spend all your time focusing on your, you know, overcoming those, no, let's focus on your strengths. Mm. What's right with you Mm -hmm. instead of what's wrong with you. Mm, That's really good. Um, So what's right with you, Net? And so I think even in motherhood, what are your strengths? How, how do you bring your, how do your strengths show up in motherhood? For me, like my number one is activator. I don't have to um, I don't have to have it all figured out before we get going. I'm like there's some things you can't figure out until you are on your way. Yeah. So let's just go and we'll learn as go. So that's yeah. one of my yeah. strengths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can bring that into motherhood in a lot of a different, lot of different ways. ways. You know, interesting. Even if it's encouraging my kids to try something new. Yeah. You know. Okay, so my
0: my qu- this is interesting. My question to you was, don't you feel like some women are kind of more naturally geared to doing this well? And what yeah. I hear you saying is we all have strengths and all of them can be applied to motherhood. Yeah,
1: for sure. That's mm-hmm. so cool. That's yeah. really
0: great. For because sure. I do. I think of like the house manager or the person who really likes to cook or the person Mm -hmm. who really likes to, you know, decorate the cake or plan Mm -hmm. the party. I think, Mm -hmm. oh man, they're just a better mom than me. Mm -hmm. But you as my life coach, which that sounds pretty great. (laughs) Um, But you as a life coach would say to me, okay, well, here's what you do. Mm -hmm. You gather people well Mm -hmm. and you dive into emotions well and you're a good communicator. Okay. So if these are your Mm -hmm. strengths, how does that affect your motherhood? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that this mother is better at mothering mm-hmm. than you. It just means that she's using her strengths in her motherhood. It's just so great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, my, some people are naturally tidy people. I would like to be that. I'm trying to make a few changes in my life. Sure. Um, because we our whole family runs a little bit better with structure. Sure. Um, but those are hard changes for me. I know some people, that comes really easy for them. Um, I feel like I have a gift of hospitality and I can invite people over on the fly. My house may be a mess. And I tell them, that's part of my ministry. You come over, see my house, you'll feel better about yours. You know, (laughs) and so it's a blessing. Um, anyway, but I'm just here to make other people feel better about themselves. (laughs) Hey, there's a place for all of us. Um as a mom and even when I did have younger kids I feel like felt like that was a strategic ministry mm-hmm. having people over and again the house is not perfect yeah. hey come over and have some coffee but I can't tell you how many deep spiritual conversations I've had. And again, that was bringing my strengths to the table. That's right. Oh, it's really great. Thank you. Okay. Let's talk about that other half of the circle really quick. So Mm -hmm.
0: the mom that has perhaps put a career on hold Mm -hmm. to do this important work. Mm -hmm. What are some survival tips just getting through the day? If this is a shorter season for her Mm -hmm. than maybe Mm
1: -hmm. the mom
0: that's like committed till 18.
1: Yeah. Well... Honestly, I think this applies to everyone, but definitely um, the mom who may be putting some things on hold will feel it more. But you know, we're, Allison, we're made up of body, mind, and spirit. We're not just a physical being Mm. we're a spiritual being Mm. and i think many times we forget to feed our spirits Mm -hmm. and our spirits are going to last for eternity Mm. our bodies we're already told they're wasting away you know we're going to get wrinkles our our bodies are going to get old if jesus doesn't come back we're all going to face death Mm. but our spirits if we know jesus are never going to die you know, And I think as a mom, you have to be intentional about feeding your spirit. Mm-hmm. I heard Anne Graham Lott say one time um, in her series on Just Give Me Jesus, she said she'd gone through a really hard season and she said, you know what, I don't need more sleep. I don't need more whatever else, you name it. I need more of Jesus. Mm. And I would encourage you to pray and ask God to give you an appetite for His Word yeah. and an appetite to want to spend more time with Him, yes. and then do whatever it takes yes. to to carve away some time to get into the Word of God, because there is no substitute for the Word of God. A podcast won't do it. Um, someone else's book, as good as it may be, won't do it. It's it is the Scripture. Yeah that we need that's alive and active and you got to get it in you whether yes. that's putting out the bible on the um on the counter yeah and gleaning some as as you go by and, and inevitably, inevitably if you have small kids and you get up at six o'clock they're gonna wake up at six o'clock mm-hmm. if you set the alarm for four thirty, they will get up at four thirty. <laughs> i mean whatever it is you, you will go through a time where and sometimes i think it's just the devil trying to discourage us mm-hmm. but don't give up keep going and keep praying Um, for God to, um, to fill you in that way. Because if you're running low spiritually, the rest of it doesn't matter. You're going to be snappy with your kids and all that. But on the other hand too, so if we're mind, body, spirit, so feed yourself spiritually, um, learn new things just because you're around little kids doesn't mean you stop learning keep your mind sharp learn you know dive into things you're interested in um and then try to get some exercise Mm -hmm. you don't have to go crazy with it move your body Mm -hmm. get some fresh air Mm -hmm. this is why i love you is so i was like
0: You should make some mom friends. You should find free stuff to do in your community. Mm -hmm. You should get a hobby. And you're like speaking these deep spiritual truths. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's
1: so good. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So regardless of what camp you're in, whether this is a short season or a long season, I think it's important to ask yourself, what's my ultimate goal for my kids? Yeah. And if you are a christian mother i think the right answer for that is i want my kids to know jesus and walk with him yeah and that's more important than my kid being an awesome soccer player being an all-a student everyone liking my kid my kid growing up to be um, a doctor lawyer rich whatever all that again is going to fade away right and we're living in a really crazy time. Our kids need to learn to walk with God. Yeah. So, if you can kind of have a long range goal too when you're at home with them all the time, Lord, help me to pour into these kids yeah. the eternal things. Yeah. Help me to teach them how to pray. Help them I want them to see a mom who loves Jesus mm-hmm. and and says investing in his word and worship is important. Yeah. You know, we're not perfect, but yeah. I want them to see a mom that loves the Lord and is modeling that for them. It's so good because it's hard. That farsightedness is hard
0: because you can get caught up with the things that are right yes. in front of your face, which mm-hmm. is the changing and the feeding and the rocking and the laundering and the cleaning mm-hmm. and the disciplining mm-hmm. and the cuddling and the dressing and, and the And your cooking. day never
1: goes as planned. Like, yes. you know, I would turn around twice and they would have unrolled the whole roll of toilet paper and stopped up the toilet or decided to wash each other's hair in the sink. And I'm like, you're three years old. You have no business doing that. Yeah, you know? I know. And yes. I'm like, I, I need to be washing clothes right now, not unstopping the toilet. They're tiny dictators my... is yeah. what they are. They're yeah. just tiny dictators. And it's and... funny. I mean, you got to laugh. <laughs> you got to keep the humor. You know, snap a picture, send it to grandparents. <laughs> That's another survival tip, you know. Yes. Stay lighthearted.
0: Um, but, yeah, there's all these uneaten meals and mounds of messes. And, yes. And, um, so as a culture, I think that we have a tendency to think that the next moment is more important than this one. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I, I feel like a lot of satisfaction is lost when we can't just embrace this very mm-hmm. present moment. So I'm a Christian yoga instructor, as you know, and I start every single lesson with just put aside anything that might be pulling you forward or backwards. Mm -hmm. So whether we're longing for that life, Mm -hmm. you know, um, at Dairy Queen at 10pm, or in a canoe in a river at midnight, or we're hoping to get to the end of the season altogether so that we can Mm -hmm. start our work again, or just get to bedtime. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tangible things to like really anchor us down into this very present moment Mm -hmm. for me while you think of that um for me it was really kind of circling other moms Mm -hmm. um i really love a team Mm -hmm. and i i mean i really think we should all be in a commune yeah honestly (laughs) um but in this and it's really even part of the podcast it's Mm -hmm. part of why i decided to do that i mean i'll speak and write if god Mm -hmm. like makes me or asks Mm -hmm. me to i'm Mm -hmm. gonna try not to ever say no to god Mm -hmm. um But it's very solitary, Mm -hmm. but the podcast is so collaborative, and I Mm -hmm. love a team. And so there was Mm -hmm. something for me about being with other women and us parenting together Mm -hmm. that really made it um, easier for me to just laser in on those Mm -hmm. sweet, sweet moments. Mm -hmm. Is there anything for you that helped keep you present?
1: I think one of the best reminders for me when things are feeling overwhelming or... Um, I'm struggling Is that this is holy work mm-hmm. what we're doing mm-hmm. is holy work you know Jesus said if you give a cup of cold water in my name to someone mm-hmm. you know he's blessed mm-hmm. he's honored and I think gosh if it's the attitude in which I do things mm-hmm. is what whether it honors Christ or right. not it's right. not how big the world thinks it is right. Right. I think when we get to eternity we're going to look back and see that some of the small things were really the big things. Oh, it's so, that's so And the so big good. things yeah. were really the small things. Oh, that's
0: awesome. Because the Lord is not concerned with our ascension. Uh-huh. And our kids don't even know what that word means. No. <laughs> um, oh, that's um. wonderful. Um, so why do you think that a lot of stay-at-home moms... Because don't you often hear the word just in front of it? Or Mm -hmm. I I feel like there's often this need to apologize for their role or Mm -hmm. they feel like they might need to defend it. Mm -hmm. Um, When the truth is, is that there is a complexity to every woman and the inner workings of every family um, functions differently. And Mm -hmm. so every situation calls for a different solution. Mm -hmm. Um, There's certainly no one size fits all. We know that. Mm -hmm. So why... If we know that, if we know that with our heads, why do you think a lot of people kind of experience this feeling of inadequacy
1: Mm -hmm. when they're
0: doing what we're talking about?
1: Honestly, I think it comes down to the paycheck
0: Mm. because
1: there's not a big paycheck attached with it. You don't get a salary. There's no check that comes at the end of the month. And I think... Until we die or until Jesus comes back, we will constantly have to remind ourselves that what I do is not who I am. It comes down to identity. And I'm telling you, I have to fight that battle all the time. Thinking, you know, I am how much money I make or how much my husband makes or doesn't make, whatever. That's not our, our... If we are in Christ that's where we find our identity yeah he is the one that spoke an identity over us yes that is so in our worth yes we he paid his life for us Mm -hmm. you know somebody or or you would say a business is worth what someone will pay for it that's how you determine the worth of a business yeah well yeah could we say our life is worth what somebody paid for it girl That's all anointed right there. All of that. (laughs) That is so
0: good. So identity being what we do versus who we are. That is so good. And we have a tendency to think that our identity is what we do Mm -hmm. when the truth is it's who we are, which is beloved. That's who we are.
1: And who am I becoming? My kids all went to school last year for the first time and it kind of left me like, okay, now what am I supposed to do? I have to I need to go do something that's going to change the world, sure. you know? Yeah. And I look back and go, wow, you know, I was changing the world when they were all at home. Mm. When we're influencing our kids, we're changing the world. Yes. What if my kid's the next Billy Graham? Yes. What if your kid's the next Billy Graham? Mm. I, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, raising kids is a big deal. That's now. what I just want to say. But with our identity, too... Oh. I was struggling about, now what do I do? And I called one of my mentors and told her, I feel like now I have more time on my hands and I feel kind of guilty. What am I gonna do with all this time? And she said, Jonna, I think God is concerned so much more with who we are than what we do and who we are becoming, Mm -hmm. you know, our character Mm -hmm. than our title. Yes, that
0: refinement.
1: Oh my gosh. Character over title. Now, here's how,
0: this is how sneaky an enemy is. Mm I mean, he is brilliant for his subtlety. Because he can take an, a good, earnest desire, and he can twist it. Because don't you think that it is possible to make our kids our identity?
1: hmm Yes. And that's a that's, problem, too. I'm a mom. Right? That's who I am. I'm yeah. a mom. No, I would say you are a daughter of the king who is also a mother. Yeah. Yeah. And your identity is a daughter of the king... Um, flows down then to cover all the other hats we wear
0: right right Mm -hmm. because your daily routine it might revolve around our kids but our identity shouldn't Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. i mean isn't
0: i mean you could be a stay-at-home mom where the work never ends Mm -hmm. but you can still be involved Mm -hmm. in other things yeah
1: and if you find your identity in christ it can never be taken away Mm -hmm. you know god forbid you lose your family in a car wreck, mm. then you're not a mom anymore. Right. You lost your whole identity. Right. But if your identity is found yes. in a job, mm-hmm. you can get fired. Mm-hmm. You can get laid off. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's your identity as a child of God can never be taken away. So <clears>
0: I, <throat> I want to kind of close with this idea. But while we are mothering, I think it's important. To not lose what makes us, us. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at some of the the things that you're doing. Um, You've reached out with a few projects of your own. Mm -hmm. Um, Has this life coaching idea come when they were at school? Has that come because of the the freedom Mm -hmm. that you've had
1: now that they're in school? Actually, no. I started, I picked up a book in my husband's office that said Christian life coach (laughs) or Christian coach. And thought it had to do with sports and flipped (laughs) through it. And I was like oh my gosh, I'm so interested in this. Wow. It was life coaching, so I did some research and I feel like God sovereignly kind of aligned my steps. I've run into a couple of people that guided me a couple of directions. And um, anyway, I, I've taken some coursework on it and it's a, it's always a work in progress, yeah. you know? But I feel like I'm getting to practice what I'm preaching with this because I haven't felt released by the Lord hmm. to go headlong into it. Okay because again I don't have unlimited capacity sure and I don't want to do something that's gonna hurt our family mm-hmm. just because I need to have a title or yeah you know I need to I don't want to be selfish about it so I've really kind of put it on the altar and said Lord I want to keep learning about this I want it to be a blessing to others but I need you to bring it alive when it's time right so I'm just kind of trusting him okay with well, that I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna, Approximate how many emails I'm going to get oh. of people asking me
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> about your life coaching. Mm-hmm. So, what do you want me to tell them, Jonna? Yeah, <laughs> email me. I would, I would love to visit with anybody, yeah, about um, what I have to offer. Awesome, Jonna Johnston coaching at, at gmail. gmail.com. Okay, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. She might have to give well, you. She might have to give you a healthy no. But yeah. well, and I'm really <laughs> excited about the strengths coaching yeah. because I feel like um, I can just ignite the fire Absolutely. the little flicker of light that's already within people yes. and i love to see their passions come alive and see how they can bring their strengths into every situation and and how teams can understand each other and work together better through knowing each other's strengths so good so
0: i love women i'm passionate about women of all kinds i i really am and if you're in an office building making a powerpoint Or you're out of town in a hotel you're likely wondering what you're missing and you're feeling Mm -hmm. like you're you know you're missing your kids or you might be at home inundated with kids and you you know are likely craving more adult interaction Mm -hmm. or you're trying to figure out how in the world to get some alone time Mm -hmm. and so I think what the message that I would want to send with both of these episodes back to back Mm -hmm. is to just lean in and be present Mm -hmm. and soak up the seasons that we're in and remember um you know with with scripture and knowing that our identity is in Christ to properly order Mm -hmm. you know um what's important and um I just want to value all women and the seasons that they're in.
1: I think we all, no matter where we are placed in life, have to guard against a complaining spirit. I think a complaining spirit is like gravity; it we constantly have to deal with it. And the way to rise above it is gratitude and giving thanks to the Lord. Yes. You know, when you read through the New Testament and Paul's letters, give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God yeah. in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And many of us, I heard a. Uh, someone on a podcast just the other day say a hundred years ago men would ask how can my life glorify God now we've started asking what's God's will for my life Mm -hmm. and that's a subtle difference but I think it's a that's that's big yeah and so maybe we need to go back to saying how can my life glorify God wherever you are you can glorify God and that I think in and of itself is the biggest thing we can do this is like my fifth set of chills.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Jonna. I just love the way you think and talk and communicate. I love it so much. Thanks for Thank having you. me on. This was a great. Privilege. My best friend and I certainly don't have all the answers, but that's never stopped us when it comes to matters of the heart from trying to comprehend, evaluate, evaluate, analyze, apply, and synthesize. Wait, is that Bloom's taxonomy? I knew we were onto something. This is me, my best friend, Kristen, and your questions. We are recording. Hi, Beefy.
2: Good morning.
0: I am loving this new way that we're recording. I see you. We are so (laughs) high tech. I get so impressed with us every time we figure something out. Um, We're
2: like rocking earbuds, we can see each other. We're having coffee together. Right but not together, I hear you good.
0: <laughs> All technology is fabulous when it's fabulous. <laughs> yes. it's hateful when it's hateful. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um. Okay. Let's. You have such an interesting mom journey as far as you know balancing um, work and home and those seasons. So, can you tell our listeners um, what Can you tell our listeners the path you have taken?
2: Sure. And just to be clear, I feel like I'm still on it, figuring it out every day. But um, my story started when I was five years old, and I decided that I was going to be a lawyer and then a politician and then the first female president of the United States. Clearly. And And so anyway, I always knew that um, at least the lawyer part I wanted to do, and it was very much my identity. And so I um, went through all the schooling and started practicing and practiced for about um, five and a half years before we had our first son. And then uh, when he was a year and a half, I just, felt like I needed a change. And after a lot of prayer and after a lot of um, big answered prayers in ways that I couldn't keep um, avoiding, I felt like I knew what I needed to do. And it took me about six months to give myself permission to do it, which was just change course and do something different um, and not be a 300% lawyer. And so I stayed home um, for actually just a Couple months, I think, um, where I was solely staying at home, and then I started working part time at our church very unexpectedly and ended up doing that for almost five years. But it was still um, really part time, so I got to I felt like have all the benefits of being at home um, while a really flexible part time schedule at church. And then after a five year break and another kiddo and um, a foster kiddo in the mix, I went back to the practice of law but I do it now um, part-time about like 15 to 20 hours a week on average. Um, So I feel like I've gotten to experience a lot of the things, a lot of the different um, ways that different women do it. And I'm super thankful to have been able to. And who knows what, who knows what's next, if it ends up being full-time or if I um, stay part-time or one thing that all this has taught me is to try to, with my work life, at least keep my hands open, and be open to change, Um, because like I said, I had, I thought I had it so figured out all the way until literally I retired, um, and learned pretty quickly on that that wasn't God's plan.
0: Yes, I have been so impressed with how you've been Um, so malleable and prayerful about what it was that was important to you, and that has shifted, you know, each, yes, in each season. Um, So this letter, this write-in from a listener, oh man, do I relate with this woman? She says, I am in the middle of raising three young kids and everything seems to be falling apart. My marriage, my home, my body, I could go on. I would love to hear what you enjoy about being home with your children. I know that there's beauty here. I need help
2: seeing it. I'm so sorry. That's such a familiar feeling, but it's terrible when you're in it.
0: You know, it's that day to day um, where, you know, you have these big moments in life, whether it's a job opportunity or a marriage or even birthing the baby. And then you have those times in between, you know, and this is, This is the time in between. And I think that we have to make a discipline of recognizing the small, beautiful things that happen in our life. And it's kind of this workout for the soul, but it, it does require, um, I think it's a skill that's cultivated. And I think that it does require attention and life can be too much. And maybe you don't have emotional energy or maybe you don't have mental bandwidth right now to notice all of these good things that are under our nose. And so we do, we have to, we have to really take time to be disciplined about that. And if that means writing it down at the end of the day, like these are the beautiful things that happened today, do that. Make it a discipline, but I I do I understand uh, that emotion, and I can say for me it was short lived. It's not that I didn't experience that, but I I did not experience that forever. So hang in there,
2: Mama. (laughs) Right, that's what I feel like I'm saying this a lot lately. It's like when you're in a difficult season, if we just could know the end date of that season it would, yes. would be so much more bearable and it's it's going to end it's the not knowing that makes you think that there's this tiniest chance that maybe it would never will end and you never will sleep and you never will be able to take a shower and you never will you know um, have time to do the things that you like to do by yourself um, but I think that now you know with a nine-year-old being my oldest definitely don't know at all but I do have experience that those little tiny baby and toddler phases, um, do. And I just was telling a friend yesterday, your daughter will not poop her pants when she's 13. I I can promise you that, (laughs) you know, and, um, it's just, if you just knew that it would be over next week or in a month, it would be fine. It would be fine because these moments are precious and the uniqueness of the, of the season is precious. Um, just as long as you're certain that it is just a season.
0: I also think that there's relief in owning that right now might be a time to just do less. That's okay. You do not get points for creating an absolutely packed plate. You know, if, if you can laser in focus on just these kids right now and not look around at all of the things other women are doing or achieving or getting paid for and just say, this is what I'm doing right now. and and kind of let go uh and and accept and accept that season letting go of any other pull or demand
2: right the connections that you get to make with your kids when you're home um the time that you can have to um just play you know it's important and it's things that they will remember and i just um think we all need to help each other remember that there's so much value in that
0: you know, the other thing, too, is that any time that I lose it during parenting, um, you know, those those ugly moments where it's like, wow, I, that, that was a miss. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's always because I'm trying to do something else.
2: Yes. Yes, me too. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. Love you, Beef.
2: Love you. Have a great day.
0: You too. I've never met anyone like Mary. Well... Technically, I've never met Mary. You see, we're internet friends, but don't let that fool you. This internet connection runs deep. Mary is so many things all at the same time. With one sentence, she can make me laugh, cry, think, and deeply, deeply feel. There's just something about Mary. You'll see.
3: Something odd happened to me at the grocery store the other day. I was waiting alone at the meat counter for my order. The fact that I was alone was pretty odd all by itself. But while I was waiting, one of the cashiers who had seen me there for years came up and said, "'That man?' And she pointed at one of the butchers behind the counter. "'He just had his eighth baby. Eight! And he's still sane. Can you believe it?' And she lightly nudged my arm to show that this was entirely unbelievable. She then proceeded to tell me that his own family was even larger, and one of his siblings had seventeen kids, and another one had twenty. "'Have you ever seen a family so large?' "'I haven't. I can't even imagine.' I had no idea anyone had families so large. I mean, I thought your family was really big, but it doesn't compare to that. For the record, I have five children. Some form of distaste on my face must have been misread at this point, because she was then quick to add, but I mean, you seem to mostly enjoy it and all, and that's great. I was a little taken aback by the whole experience, by her willingness to share the private information of others, by the sheer competitiveness with which I was apparently supposed to approach the number of children I have, with outward sanity being a measuring stick of how well we parent. The whole thing left me a little stunned, but there was one positive takeaway from it. The grocery store is not my favorite place to take my kids. They are much better behaved now than when they were very young, but it still doesn't bring out the best in any of us when we're there together. And yet, this woman who is very free to offer opinions still felt I mostly enjoyed it. For me, that's a win. If someone in a fairly difficult location can see me with my kids, mostly enjoying it, seeing same ish I'm going to count that as a victory. Because let's face it, Sane-ish at a grocery store is as close as we come to sainthood, this side of eternity. I hope you have a Sane-ish day, sisters.
1: All to Jesus I surrender.
0: Dear God, we come to you seeking you and your purposes. Above any other pursuit, God, we seek help from you to keep our eyes on the eternal and not the temporary as we prioritize our lives. There are things that we want for our families and for ourselves and for our children and our many desires and our so-called perfect plans. They can bring us anxiety. But you, God, are aware of our every desire and your word says that when we put our trust in you first that you will take care of everything else according to what you know is best God there's no limit to what you can do for our kids through us so please help us to keep dreaming big and sustain us in the meantime forgive us God for our human imperfections of impatience and control and worry and anxiety We praise you, God, for blessing us with motherhood in the very personal way that it allows us to know you more. Your all-knowing hand pulls families together in your time and in your will, and we are so grateful. You love our children before we did, and even though it seems impossible infinitely more than we do, so we can trust you with their lives and we ask for strength, from your spirit to help us lead them to your loving arms in Jesus' name we pray amen in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit And for this episode, a special thank you to Jana Johnston. You can reach her at Coaching at gmail.com That's J-O-H-N-N-A J-O-H-S-T-O-N Thank you also to Chan Redfield and Pamela Anthony Cutright for music. Thank you to Kristen Kelly and Mary Bishop. For more of Mary's writing, you can go to madeforordinarytime.wordpress.com And Center St. Sister now has a Patreon page. Please consider supporting Center St. Sister by searching for Allison Sullivan on patreon.com. Many episodes are only available to patrons. Send us your questions at Centerstatesister at gmail.com. Don't forget to review, like, and subscribe, and tune in next week for Fear and PTSD with Lauren Vassar.